The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Okay, so before we get into today's show, we want to talk about one of our favorite topics here at That's So Retrograde. We're talking about skin care, guys. It has been a conversation that we have explored intimately. For better or for worse. Yes. And here's the one thing. But how would you be able to become such an expert (laughs) if you hadn't been through a trying time? Exactly. No, I'm grateful for the highs and the lows. Exactly. And the one thing I've learned through all of the acne and the dermatitis and all of those fun skin things, there is no one size fits all. That is so true. And that's why we are so excited to be partnering with SkinSay because SkinSay is a truly personalized skincare routine that has what you need waiting for you behind a short quiz. Yeah, basically you head online, over to skinsay.com, that's S-K-I-N-S-E-I, and you start answering a number of diagnostic questions. And you can even upload an optional fresh face selfie to add for visual skin analysis. Wow, a fresh face selfie, okay. Based on your input, the diagnostic will generate a routine specific to your needs. They take their questions based on seven specific lifestyle factors. That's climate, air quality, UV exposure, sleep, diet, exercise, and what your skin texture is already, whether it be dry or oily. And I think that's so cool because we don't often think about how much our environment affects our skin. So with all this information, there's no confusion. There's no guesswork. All the products that work specifically for you can be delivered direct to your door with free shipping. Who doesn't love that? I love that so much. You guys, you need to go over to skinsay.com. That's S-K-I-N-S-E-I slash retro can do it on your mobile device or your laptop, wherever you want. You will take their skin diagnostic quiz and then you will use promo code retro for discount on your first order once you have found your customizable skincare regimen. It's important to note that the diagnostic is free. Oh, yes. So anyone can take it. Yes. And then once you take it, you can see the suggestions and you can either do a subscription of the products they suggest or you can do a one-time, try it out, see mm. how it goes. Again, that's skinsay.com slash retro. Let's take it back to the episode, shall we? We haven't started it yet. Oh, this is a pre-roll. Great. Yeah, Perfect. so let's start the app. Great. Welcome back to That's So Retrograde. If this is your first time joining us. Thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us. You've come to the right place. I'm Stephanie Simbari. I'm Elizabeth Cott. And we always say start at the most recent episode because we're growing. We're evolving. I just feel like it's because we are all, Elizabeth and I are talking into the microphone, but we're all evolving and growing together. So if you start with the most recent, you're probably going to be in alignment. Perfectly said. Thank you. Love it. Thank you so much. Today on the show, we have Tanisha J. Warner. We're going to get into all of that in a second. What a light she is. I'm so excited for that conversation to be heard finally. But before we get to that, Mm -hmm. there's been a bit of some back and forth regarding last week's episode with Lauren Zander that we answered listener questions about dating and relationships. So fun. And I know both of us could talk to Lauren forever and always. I finally got her everything. on FaceTime last week. Nice. I thought she was going to like fast track me through the program. And then she's like, all right, I need you to do your homework and like got real yeah. intense about it. And I was like, fucking A. The hand doll homework is, is no joke. It's real deep. It's real deep. Yeah. But there was one thing that Lauren said about those who are dating, utilizing the apps. And she said, call first mm-hmm. and then Round two is a FaceTime. Obsessed. I think it's great. It's a time is our most valuable thing. Who wants to waste time going to a location only to find out it's not your vibe? Why put on pants when you can only put on a nice shirt? Exactly. (laughs) That's what I always say. Also, guys, like the FaceTime thing isn't that scary. There's a show on Netflix right now called Love is Blind. Have you seen? Slash heard. (laughs) And this just goes to show that the effectiveness of online dating isn't really there because there's so many hoops to jump through. And I think that the FaceTime is skipping a lot of the bullshit. Yeah, for sure. And 
I saw one comment that said that they would be really freaked out if somebody suggested that to them. Why? And they would never bring that up in communication. And I just so curious because when I heard that, I was like, genius. Are you kidding? It cuts out so much effort. If you're too afraid to FaceTime, wouldn't it stand to reason that you're too afraid to go meet somebody? How is a FaceTime more invasive than going to go meet someone strange in the wild. Yeah, that's sort of where I'm at. I think that it's like way much less of a buy-in. Yeah, I don't want to waste my time going to a restaurant, putting clothes on, pants, pants, whatever, just to find out that you're sitting next to someone that you don't want to be sitting next to for an hour. I'd rather waste my data plan than my time. Honey, if it's Wi-Fi, (laughs) that shit is free. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) I think it's that maybe if I were to take a guess, it would be that it's obvious that the woman listening to that's a retrograde the people the people okay it's obvious that there's one person who needs to be the aggressor in that case and it might feel like an aggressive pitch but at the same time if you're afraid that the person that you're talking with is going to feel like a facetime is an aggressive move and be like wigged out by that then it is likely that they're not that strong. They must have, in the words of Dave Chappelle, a brittle spirit (laughs) because it's not that big of a deal. I also think that if one has a block to that, and I totally understand having a block to that because it is coming out of your comfort zone, but like what a great- So is falling in love. Absolutely. But what a great (laughs) low buy-in entryway into being a little bit uncomfortable. And the worst case scenario is that you don't vibe with them or it's like an awkward minute. Either FaceTime with your friend online or go on Love is Blind and be forced to talk to someone through a wall in a pod. Ugh, Love is Blind was Are you my obsessed? Netflix binge for the weekend. I fell asleep watching it last it's night. It's great. Guys, if you don't know really quick, it's a show where they get to talk, which is cool. It's not like the circle where it's digital. You get to hear someone's voice. You get to like really spend time with them, but you just can't see them. For the first part. Okay, I haven't gotten okay. to the second part. Okay. I'm so excited. So it peels it all back. It is a full-on psychological exploration into relationships. It's deep. Our friend who is a producer for The Bachelor she told me, to told me it. about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I just trust her read on all things. I mean, The Bachelor wishes it had that kind of drama. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I haven't. It's so good. We'll report back next week. We'll, okay, we'll get okay. into it more. I'm so excited to welcome our guest for this week, Tanisha J. Warner, who— is a light. She has an incredible book called The Big Stretch, 90 Days to Expand Your Dreams, Crush Your Goals, and Create Your Own Success. And something I love so much about this conversation is, as you guys know, we just hit our five-year mark. And it was really a fun opportunity to reflect on the whole past five years of, you know, turning something from an idea into a thing. And the visioning that had to go on with that. And Tanisha really expands on that and allows us to kind of follow these specific steps so that we can check in with ourselves and bring in accountability partners and really hold ourselves accountable to what we want to create in our lives. Mm -hmm. So let's just get right into it. I love it. Welcome, Tanisha Warner. Define for us dreamer because in the book you capitalize it. Yes. Okay. So here's what a dreamer is. Yeah. Um, A dreamer is someone who believes in the impossible, someone who is idealistic, someone who is courageous, Mm. someone who is not afraid to tap into their imagination. And what I found as a dreamer myself, but also I've had a chance to interview over 200 iconic dreamers like Magic Johnson, Will Packer, Jennifer Fleiss, the founder of Rent the Runway. Elizabeth's a big fan. (laughs) Biggest fan. (laughs) Um, Here is the one universal truth that I found across all dreamers. Every single dreamer that I've ever interviewed, all of them have said yes to the stretch. Mm. And I define the stretch as being a willingness to go outside of your comfort zone and move in the direction towards your dream. So all of these dreamers, whenever they would have the big idea or a concept or even an inclination, the dream never starts and dwells within the zip code of your comfort zone. So true. It's always going to require some form of expansion of the individual, of the dreamer, to go outside of their comfort zone to move in the direction towards this dream. So that expansion is really what the big stretch is all about. And, you know, what I've had an opportunity to do is sort of take a blueprint of these 200 iconic dreamers, as well as myself, 
And I try to create an actionable plan. Mm -hmm. It's a 90-day plan that when you start this book, I want to be able to move you from idea into action and then into reality. I think maybe this is a bold statement and tell me what you think. I think all people are dreamers or like 90%, but it's just that next step that is the hardest part. Like there's no shortage of great ideas or imagination or creativity. It's more just that like believing in it or having the practical application to do it. That's where most of us stop. And it's funny. I feel like we're all born dreamers. Yeah. Where, you know, think about when you're young, you're encouraged to use your imagination in school. But as we get older, it's almost like the adults start to put parameters on what's possible. Yeah, because they crush their own dreams. And then they're like, well, now you have to do that too. And everyone's just like squelching each other. It's like contagion. Yeah. (laughs) It's like contagion for your own limiting beliefs. (laughs) Exactly. So I do believe we're all born dreamers. However, as we start to grow, I do feel that oftentimes we're almost like put in a box where we start to limit ourselves and what is possible for us. Right. Okay. So how do we unlimit ourselves? All right. So here's what I'll do. I'll talk to you a little bit about what you can expect in the big stretch and the journey that I take a dreamer through. So ideally, if you're getting this book, number one, I hope you have something in mind that you want to accomplish, whether that is in career, whether that's in your personal life, but some type of goal that's sort of dwelling inside of you. And so there's a four-phase approach. The first phase is all about dreaming. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm going to really encourage you to get back in touch with using your imagination. So for some people, they have that part down. But for many people, a lot of us that are really, really busy, we don't really stop and give ourselves enough time to imagine the next frontier or the next version of what our dreams can be. And you have to be very intentional to stop and pause and give yourself that time. So in some of the interviews, like with Magic Johnson, he talked about knowing that his best ideas came on the treadmill. Steve Jobs, mm. everybody knows that Steve Jobs was sort of known for going on these long daily walks. Right. And that's where he would have his best ideas. Jay-Z talked about having this mental exercise of clearing his mind and then seeing lyrics come in. And so a lot of these great dreamers, they are self-aware of Here's what I need to do to put myself in my ideal dream environment. Mm. So in the dreaming phase, I really get you comfortable with imagining again. Another thing that I do is really encourage you not to limit the dream too early with thinking about how. Right, because that's where the fear starts to creep in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or the but. Exactly, the but. And there's a story I tell in there. I did a vision board with my mom She had an idea that she wanted to go to Paris. She'd never gone. And I actually had already purchased the tickets for her. So we're doing the vision board. Oh, that's funny. I'm like, are you going to put the Eiffel Tower on there? She's like, no. I said, why not? And she says, well, because I don't have the money to go this year. So I'll put that on my vision board the next year. The entire time, I have the tickets. Huh. (laughs) And so. You're like, put it on there. Trust me. put it on there. (laughs) And so later, I was like, I'm going to use you for a lesson because you wouldn't let yourself imagine in this moment beyond your own mind limitations on how can I do it. That's such a beautiful metaphor because, like, the ticket already existed. Exactly. As things do, even if they're not in the physical yet. So imagine if Jennifer Fleiss, I'm going to go back to you since you love the Rent the Runway. But imagine, Tell her I said hi. <laughs> imagine if she started thinking about how too soon. There wasn't oh, a thing the as a rental service. The logistics of a rental. I mean, nothing but no's pop in my mind. Like, are a buts or but what if or no but. Exactly. It just makes no sense. And it's taken a, almost a decade for it to really be where it is now, which is completely shifting how we consume clothing and accessories. But it took a minute. Yeah. So if she had started thinking about how too early and limiting her imagination, you wouldn't have that fabulous resource. Um, And I also, I use it too. So that's a part of what I talk about in the dream phase. Another thing that I say is once you have the idea, I encourage you to go on what I say, a dream detox. Okay. And a dream detox is really being intentional to prepare your mind, body, and spirit 
to bring the dream forth. And so really paying attention to what type of information are you putting in your mind? Is it information that will support you in getting the dream going? So in the case of, let's just say, launching a podcast, if that was an idea, getting information on how do I do that? You know, perhaps you can research who else has walked that journey that you want to walk. And so being intentional to make sure that the information that you are feeding your mind is supporting you towards that dream. Does the detox also have to do with like naysayers? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we started to talk about that a little before. I also have you kind of take a little bit of assessment of the relationships that you are around. Mm-hmm. So I actually will place people in buckets. Number one is a dream champion. You know when you have been in the presence of one of your dream champions because you walk away feeling like, I got this. Mm -hmm. I can do this. So they reflect back to you nothing but possibility or they reflect your potential. Mm -hmm. They give you a glimpse of yourself, seeing yourself like as able to do it. So that's a dream champion. Then there's another group that I call dream bullies. And typically when you hear the word dream bully, you think this is someone who wants to intentionally do you harm. But that's not always the case. Mm. Sometimes your close friends, your family members... As you start to expand outside of this comfort zone, they're protective. They're like, you know. Right. It's not really so much in the case of them wanting to naysay, but wanting to manage your expectations and keep you safe. Exactly. And so you got to really pay attention. And I even have like a questionnaire that you can work on in the book to, to help you identify who's a champion and a bully. But once you know you almost have to guard your dream and your vision accordingly. And you don't share that dream in the space of your bullies. My grandmother is my best friend. Yeah. And I share this in the book. She is my biggest dream bully. (laughs) Grandma. (laughs) Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. (laughs) And so it's not that she's intentionally trying to hurt me, but she's so protective. And they also share possibilities through their experiences. Right. And so for her, it's like, go get a good job. That's what I'm saying. Like a reliable source of income (laughs) that makes sense in my perspective. And that's what it is. It's their perspective. Exactly. So that's the dream phase. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after you have the dream, you kind of know who your champions are. You've gone through this dream detox and you've also nurtured the ability to dream in color. So a lot of imagining. The next phase is design. And so, you know, it's easy to have this big idea, but at some point you're going to have to take it out of this imagination sphere and start bringing it down to earth and shaping it into reality. Bringing it into real time (laughs) is the hardest part. (laughs) Exactly. That's the part that that, that I feel I've abandoned in many projects. Okay. And so we really wanted to provide the dreamer with some structure in the design phase. And so for that, you know, I have a section where I have you really think about what's your purpose and then what is the dream's purpose and what's the correlation between the two. So Mm. if I were to interview both of you all, I'm sure there's a connection point between your personal mission statement, your personal purpose, and the amazing work that you're doing here at That's a Retrograde. Oftentimes our dreams are portals to allow our purpose to be activated. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so I really work with the reader in that chapter to think about, well, what's your purpose? What's your mission? Mm -hmm. And once you have an understanding of that, then you can have a better understanding of what is this particular dream's purpose and how is this dream allowing you to activate your purpose even greater? Mm. I have you think about, it's really a lot of the things that are in typical business plans, Yeah, but who is this dream serving? So who is the core target audience? What is becoming possible because you're doing this particular dream in the lives of others? Mm. I try to get you really grounded in what's your why in why you're doing this. That's what she always says when people oh. ask. Yeah. Just about always going, well, what's your why for that? So retrograde. I would love people to walk away from listening to an episode of the show, having learned something that hopefully betters their life or betters their day-to-day experience and those around them and have enjoyed the experience of getting that information. And it's important to be in tune with that why in the design phase 
And I say that because there will be times that you're going to run into obstacles and challenges. I know if I were to talk to you about birthing and bringing that so retrograde to life, or even since you've been on the journey, I'm sure you've encountered some form of obstacles along the way. Eight million. When we started doing this five (laughs) years ago, people weren't having podcasts as businesses Mm -hmm. that was like a pipe dream and a vision of like, I love doing this. I feel aligned with purpose. Therefore, there must be a way to make this my full-time gig. In the beginning of the show, Elizabeth and I went from broke to broker (laughs) many times over. And being in contact with that why will support you in making sure that you're It made us not stop. Exactly. So I really try to get the dreamer in contact with that why early on in the design phase. And so that particular chapter is really getting into the details. Who's your core target audience? How are you doing this differently in looking at the competitive landscape? What's your purpose? What's the dream purpose? You almost walk out of that with somewhat of a blueprint Mm -hmm. um, or if you were to think about it like building a structure, I really do feel like it's the foundation and sort of the framework right. of where the dream is coming to life. Yeah. I do encourage the dreamer, though, in the design phase, make sure that you're making your plans in pencil. Because the one thing huh. that I found in all of the different dreamers that I interviewed if they make those plans in pens and you're not flexible enough, that can also end up ending your dream. So you have to be able to be flexible along right. the way. Move with it. Yes. And then as far as like the why and the purpose is concerned, I'm wondering if people in doing your exercises sometimes realize that, because you really have to like, it has to be a sustainable desire. Do you know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. so many ideas that sometimes seem like good ideas and then you go one step further and you're like, wait, this isn't actually something that I can put the years and the time that it's actually going to take to build it. So it's like sometimes you're meeting resistance and sometimes you're meeting actually like a flimsy idea. Mm -hmm. How do you kind of like decide? There's an exercise in there that helps you gauge the viability of the idea. Viability. Mm -hmm. Good. And we have you take a look at the marketplace. Okay. The timing of what you want to bring forth to kind of assess is the timing right for this. Mm -hmm. An example that I gave is... Kentucky Fried Chicken, right? When that launched many, many years ago, the timing was right because women were actually going to work, but yet they did not want to feel guilty that they could not provide Here's a, warm, a bucket. Yeah, a warm <laughs> meal for their Here's families. A and so the timing, if you think back those years, the timing was absolutely right because you had women going into the workplace and they also wanted to provide for their families. Right. Well, fast forward to the health conscious time that we live in now bringing a KFC to market in the way that you did X amount of years ago, that's not viable because you're not paying attention to what's the needs of the current marketplace. Right. So I also kind of walk them through how do you assess the viability of an idea? And by no means, when I have you assess the viability, I'm not saying quit. I'm not saying it's not possible, but I will challenge you to say you may have to innovate a bit more. You may have to go back and change and tweak. Quick break time. Hey, Steph. Yes. One of the most asked questions we've gotten over the years as we've gone deeper into our health is finding out about functional nutrition Mm -hmm. and functional medicine doctors and how to find them and how can it be accessible and what is the pricing and all of that. And that's why I am so excited that we have partnered with Parsley Health because they are the answer to all of those questions. They really, really are. Parsley Health was founded by a doctor with a vision to make modern holistic healthcare accessible to everyone everywhere. And they are covering three critical things that research has shown is missing in healthcare today. That's zero copays, highly trained physicians, and unlimited access. They now offer a digital program. Yeah. And Parsley combines modern science-based primary care with a personalized holistic approach. Music to my ears. It's diagnostic testing that looks at everything from your hormones to gut microbiome. You have an hour-long appointment with your doctor. And Parsley members get 200 minutes a year with their doctor, which is incredible. They're specializing in long-term preventative care, focusing on finding the root cause of health issues rather than managing symptoms. It's great at saving time. It helps me stay accountable for my own health and really feel on top of it and also feel like I'm going deeper into feeling better. Mm -hmm. You can go in person if you live in New York City, San Francisco, and L.A., 
into their state-of-the-art spaces, but you can also do it online. I love how the one in LA, when you wait in the waiting room, there's like a Zen coloring book. It's the most gorgeous space. <laughs> it's so and it's cool. the atmosphere is healing. Yeah. It's unlike anything I've ever experienced. As in, far as like doctors are exactly. concerned. Exactly. Totally. As we said, there's an online care program called Complete Care Anywhere, which allows you to access your doctor and personal health coach from anywhere. And I know that a lot of people have been looking for this. So we're just so excited to share it because it's the answer to a lot of questions we and prayers. We urge you to check it out. So we have a fun little offer, $150 off a year-long membership by going to parsleyhealth.com and entering our code retrograde. That's P-A-R-S-L-E-Y health.com with code retrograde for 150 off a year-long membership. And they have different membership options. Go ahead and check it out. Just a huge, huge, huge proponent of Parsley. So thanks for helping support the show, guys. Yeah. All right. And speaking of the show, let's get back to it. it. Okay. And then the next phase after the design phase, this was my favorite phase to write, and it was dare. And so there comes a time where you've imagined you have somewhat of you know, a plan, but you have to get in action and you have to be courageous enough to dare for the dream. And that's something that I found consistently as well. And so in that particular section, I really work with the reader to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Like if you think you're going to achieve it inside of your comfort zone, not so much. You will potentially have to make daring ask, be willing to ask others for support, be willing to pitch your idea to others. Lisa Stone, the founder of BlogHer, she talked to me for this particular chapter and she told me she was really, really shy when she started BlogHer, which I can't even imagine that Lisa is shy, but she told me she was like really shy. And her mentor told her, Lisa, if you want to build this new network for women in digital media and you're going to be the lead salesperson, I can tell you this, shy salespeople are skinny and shy salespeople aren't eating. And she was like, because ultimately you are going to have to eat what you bring home, like what you're willing to go after. So being shy in this season is not going to support you. Right. So she had to be daring to like go out, meet people, network, pitch investors. All of that for Lisa was a big dare. Mm. It wasn't like her natural go-to. But so much so now, if you were to meet her, there's nothing about her personality that would have you say, oh, this person is shy. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that it's like go out of who you are. Like with you, it's like you weren't really comfortable talking about yourself. I wasn't even comfortable talking in front of a mic. Right. (laughs) Like, oh my God. I was like, I'll just be the producer and handle the behind the scenes stuff, honestly. And that was just fear. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even, like, it was just my fear putting up, like, a huge, massive block that felt really comfy. You know, something that Cliff, our physiotherapist, talks about, which I think is a really good way to kind of, like, frame this, is he's like, you have to put on the avatar of the person that you want to be in those situations. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to like step into the suit of that vision. And then eventually like you become comfortable like walking around as that person. And then you want to go home and like be shy and be timid or whatever you need to be to kind of unwind. That's fine. But that's not the avatar that runs the company. I love it. Yeah. It's a really cool piece of advice that he's given. So one dare that you had to do was get comfortable talking about yourself. What about you? What dare did you have to do in the name of that's a retrograde dream? Dare to answer my emails? <laughs> Wait a minute. You got to explain that one for me. I came from being a comic, so I was very comfortable. Like, I'm very comfortable talking and expressing myself and, like, oversharing and all that stuff was nothing. The act of doing the podcast itself wasn't something that was at all challenging to me. More being in like a business role is something I still struggle with. Okay. Like answering emails, like sitting down, like being disciplined in that way. Like that's just not, I mean, if you give me like something to read or like a sides to work on or like something to research, like then I can go, go all the way. But when it comes to like the practical disciplinary sort of elements to me, that's, it's not my nature. So to all of the listeners, the dare is something that's definitely common. There's going to be something where you have to get outside of yourself and be willing to be 
courageous or even uncomfortable or willing to try on something differently. I guess I would also say that just like the fact of even doing it and I mean, I think we had our own backbone just in that we were like invested in from the beginning, like we were given an opportunity. So we were never really just like out to sea. But I think the dare of like having to fight for it is also part of what happened because I think you realize as you invest in like your own creative projects and I've had this happen now with other things where it's like no one's going to no one's going to care about it as much as you are. Mm hmm. Like, someone can like it, someone can think it's interesting, but no one's going to, like, see your vision through because most people who you're working with also are doing 10 other things. And you're this is, like, a beautiful segue into the next and last phase. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Do <you> tell. <laughs> um, and I'm the, very intuitive, so I knew that. We're connected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so the last phase is do. Mm. And inside of that, you just started to hit it. You, you said the word fight for it. Yeah. And like be in it for the long term. Yeah. What I found is, you know, in the beginning of a dream, it's easy to kind of run off of the initial passion. Right. Um, it's like, oh, we're going to do this. We're starting this new thing. However, as you get into it over a period of time and maybe the original investors that was there, they're gone yeah. to work on their other things. You know, perhaps even your partner doesn't have the same passion that she used to have at some point you will look in the mirror and have to dig in deep to say, do I want this or not? And am I willing to do this dream for the long term? Well, that's what I was kind of saying before of like, is your idea viable? Like I'll compare it to writing. Like I've half written like 35 scripts because then I get halfway through and I'm like, I don't actually care about this enough to see it through the vision of like making it because that's 97 steps down the line. Like I... I see like some bad movies and you're just like, how the, did this- um, amount of steps yeah, to get I'm this like, made. This person <laughs> believed in this bullshit for so long. Second act with Jennifer Lopez, I'm looking at you. I mean, literally like it's things like that where you're like, do you understand the years, the money, the amount of people that you need to convince, the amount of time, like all those things. And then there's all these like horrible things that are being made. So this is like kind of what I'm saying as the, of the last step where it's like, Yo, if this isn't something that you can really wrap your mind around investing in for at least like five years, like avert your eyes, go in another direction. Exactly. You you have to be vested and yeah. willing to dig in because there will be seasons of difficulty. Yeah. I've never interviewed a single dreamer that was exempt from a season of difficulty. Yeah, I wanted to ask you actually about accountability partners and how those come into play. Are those the dream champions? How do we seek them out? What is the best kind of like tactic for incorporating accountability into helping us achieve our dream? So accountability is important, so much so that in the very beginning of the big stretch, I have you sign an agreement so that you're committed to the journey for the long term. And then the next thing I have you do is actually find you an accountability partner that will work with you over the 90 days. And this is someone that you're verbally saying, hey, listen, I have committed to this. I'm going to do the exercises in this book for 90 days. You're sharing with them your plans along the way. And they're almost like your partners. They're giving you feedback. In some cases, I have them participating in exercises with you. They're checking in. Hey, you said you were going to be doing this. And the accountability portion is important. Sometimes we have it, but it's not in a structured way. It right. can be even a girlfriend. Like for me, one of my best friends, her name is Anjanine Fowler. I usually will share like a dream or vision with her. And this was before it was even in this structure. Mm -hmm. But she would say, hey, remember you said you were going to be doing this? Mm -hmm. What happened to that? And without knowing, she's been an accountability partner over the last 16 years. Wow. For all of the listeners, you can also become dream accountability partners to others in your life. Right. And that just requires you to, number one, listen to the desires of those that are near to you? Like, what is their heart's desire? And then just nudge them, push them, you know, reflect back to them that this is possible. But also be that girlfriend that's like, hey, you've been talking about this for six months. Sometimes we need to hear that. Like, sometimes, like, if you really want it, I'd see you doing something. Right. Also, don't you think that when you become a champion for other people's dreams, it lifts you up as well? Yeah. Because it's like a two-way street. Like, if you... There's some people that 
can't believe in other people and that I feel bad for them because it, to me it just shows that they have so many blocks within themselves. Yeah, yeah. So it's like even if that's how you start your own dream just mm-hmm. by supporting other people, I think that's like a positive energy flow. I definitely think so. Yeah. I'm processing what you just said. I never thought about it in that way, but I totally think well, so. Well, I see it a lot. Like I think LA can be like a very competitive city for creators, actors, whoever. And a lot of people kind of tend to think there's like not enough to go around. So instead of like supporting others, they like they get jealous and cagey and weird. And it's like there's so much and there's more made when we believe in each other. Like it just amplifies and multiplies. So what you've described is almost like an abundance mindset versus scarcity. Yeah. But yeah, I feel that when you're sitting in abundance and knowing that there's enough for everyone. Yeah you are also going to attract supporting others in living that dream. Exactly. And as you live your dream, you will actually inspire others. Totally. Yeah. I find that as soon as you kind of start helping or start like acting in abundance, weirdly the universe like responds to that. Yeah. Don't you think that where it's like, it that happens so quickly. Yeah. Like if you just practice those acts like every day for a week, the next week you'd be surprised at like what weirdly comes back to you. Maybe weirdly, not weirdly. Magic, why not? Magic, why not? So since we're talking about dreams today and big visions, when we learned about the gross stuff that was in most drugstore deodorants, we were like, we got to find something that is natural, that works. Yeah. And our dream actualized with Native Deodorant. Native Deodorant is the best it is safe and it is formulated without aluminum, parabens, or talc. It's vegan and never tested on animals. And like Elizabeth said, most importantly, okay, not most importantly, but second to all of that amazing things, it works because- No, I'd say most important. You would? Yeah, that's top. It's got to work. Yeah. Native is made with ingredients that you've heard of like coconut oil and shea butter. I love this. You wear deodorant every day. Shouldn't you be able to understand the ingredients? Yes, of course. We care so much in this world about what we put into our bodies. We need to be caring just as much about what we put onto our bodies. Yes. So guys, it is important to switch to aluminum-free deodorant and Native is the stuff for you. They have over 10 scents, including their classic and rotating seasonal scents. You are guaranteed to find the one that you love. Let's just drop the top ones. Coconut vanilla, lavender rose, cucumber mint, eucalyptus mint. It's a delight for your senses. I'm a lavender rose girl. I go cocoa vanilla every damn time. She's a fan. Yeah, she is. But also Native comes in a variety of options for men, women, and teens. They also offer unscented options, baking soda-free formulas, and guys... They make body washes. I like that there's baking soda free options because I hear a lot of times when people are having reactions, that's the culprit. Uh Uh-huh. The little red bumps that come everywhere. So if you're having that issue, try a baking soda free op. I love that. So head over to nativedeodorant.com slash TSR. That's nativedeodorant.com slash TSR for 20% off your purchase. So that's nativedeodorant.com slash TSR for 20% off your first purchase. Check it out, guys. Now back to the show. I'm curious about redefining a dream. So let's say we've gotten to a place. Sometimes there's a opportunity to live in that and be comfy in it and not want for more. And then sometimes there's an opportunity to retool that. And I'm wondering what your take on that is. The biggest robber of an extraordinary life can be a really great life. Mm. And so there's a section where I have you really do what I call a dream checkup. And what was true for you 10 years ago, five years ago, is it still true for you today? Right. Because the dream that you declared five years ago, maybe that's not it for you anymore. So I encourage the dreamer to spend time doing that dream checkup to say, is this even still true for me? Or am I living a dream that was like hot five years ago? Right. And I think that people that intentionally do that, you're constantly seeing them expand. Yeah. An example would be, let's take Oprah Winfrey when she went out with the Oprah Winfrey show, right? Right. At the time, I mean, the show was still number one. She was old, but she put a stake in the ground and say, nope, this is up. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to go do something completely new. Right. I feel like that's a dreamer who has a pulse on their dream. Like, right. is Funnily this thing enough, still yeah. I heard her talking about that. And then she ended up starting the Oprah Winfrey Network. And then they found out that the only shows that rated highly were the ones that featured her on it. So then she had to be, <laughs> so then she was like, so now I'm doing all the shows. Which I thought <laughs> was so funny. Yeah. That's so funny. 
But it's true because you dream from like younger versions of yourself yeah. sometimes and it doesn't always hold true. But I feel like you just kind of tapped into something that is one of the reasons why we create blocks. It's because we get so concerned what other people are going to think. Mm, yeah. And the ego of our identity is this like weird door that mm -hmm. we don't want to open. Like, well, I was this thing. Can I be this other thing? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, nobody fucking cares. Like for me, <laughs> I'm sorry to say that, but like so plainly, but like that's like when I quit stand up, it was like, I mean, quit, whatever. Maybe I'll go back one day when I have kids and I can't stand them and I want to talk about them. <laughs> I can't wait for that. <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm a mom now and it's fucking insane. And I'm back in comedy, but like stepping away from it just to like divert my focus, a lot of the thoughts, and I know you had this too when it came to doing stuff with Closet Rich and being oh, in fashion was yeah. like, we both couldn't wrap our minds around what identified us if we didn't have this thing that we had decided that we were going to do when we were young. And it was for both of us, it was a huge struggle to be like, I'm putting that down. It doesn't matter. Looking back, it's like nobody gives a fuck if you're not doing stand up shows like five nights a week, like talking to myself. Like there's a line around the block of people who are dying to do that that aren't feeling like that's over for them. Me standing there stubbornly because it's my dumb identity is doing nothing for anybody. I had oh, been so good, right? I had been in fashion for eleven years and even started my own online consignment business. That was my baby. Four years into it, I was like, I don't like doing this. Mm. But then I felt this insane pull of, I created this. I can't just stop. Like, right. what type of parent would that be? What type of creator is that to abandon their vision? And it was such an—I had such inner turmoil mm -hmm. to the point of I was sick about it. I didn't have any ability or any guide or any steps to be able to, A, feel like it's okay to shift and want to evolve. And, and it's totally fun and cool and expected. Mm-hmm. To want to evolve past something that you're doing that you set out to do in your 20s? Like when you turn 30, you want to try something new? Of course. Yeah. I had such a small-minded thinking and I wasn't letting myself dream. Really. That's so good. But I'm it learning was so much. So, <laughs> it was so intense. I was caught in such a loop. It really took me a year to put any action to what I was feeling. And so if anyone might be feeling that pull or tug to step into something new— also, like that's not going to go away. I remember you would show up for that. I would go do shows and we would both do those things and be like, Ugh. like I was so upset and so stressed and she was so tired. And we were just were like, what the fuck are we? We would like literally wake up in the morning, sit on the front porch because we used to date roommates <laughs> and like just sit there like staring at each other, like eventually smoking weed, just being like, what the fuck are we doing? I, like, why does it feel like my this? least favorite thing in the world was shipping things and I owned online store that shipped things like I hated going to the post office it's like wait <laughs> that's like the biggest block to monetizing anything but this story both of the stories that you just shared it, it's filled with so many nuggets so number one the fact that where you brought in the ego right yeah so oftentimes our ego it's tied to the titles that yeah. we're allowing to define us and so you have to do that inner assessment, which there is an exercise that I have in there where you do this authentic soul searching dream checkup, where you really take a look at, you know, are these titles, am I attached to the title because it's defining me or my ego is tied to it? Like, why am I so attached to the title? And is it truly still a heart's desire? Right. So I interviewed this. She's almost like a mentor and friend. Her name's AC. Mm -hmm. And she had worked to the top of her career. She was the president of CoverGirl. Damn. Yeah. And she was traveling all around the world. And there was this one week that she said, no, weeks, that she was on the road. She wasn't seeing her family. She wasn't seeing her children. And everything in the inside was telling her, this is not it. Yeah. But she had to do such soul-searching work because... She worked her butt off to make it to president. Right. She broke barriers. You're a African-American woman that's holding this title. Yeah. And even just for women in general. But she said it was so difficult for her to put a stop on that, to walk away from it, to actually quit. 
Right. That when she and I talked, that was actually her stretch. So her stretch wasn't like continuing to go up this career ladder, career ladder. Her stretch was being true to herself and walking away from it all when she was at the height to then go figure out, well, what is it? Because she didn't even know what it was. Right. She just knew what it wasn't. And so she talked about when she tried on that stretch, it felt so foreign to her because everything that it took for her to make it to the top, she almost had to strip that away right. and try something on differently. And it wasn't about the high achieving and being the best. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we're given dreams that only are self-serving. Oh, gosh, that's so good. I always say that. I you always do? tell dreamers that I need to like give you some news that I hope you don't find too disappointing. But <laughs> yeah, it's not the about dream you. is not about you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, and once you get that, <laughs> that also ties you back into your why. Like this, you mean this dream wasn't given to me just for me? Right. Like this is supposed to be serving the world. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be serving others. So, yeah. That's amazing. Ugh. Tanisha, stay with us forever. I know. You're so amazing. <laughs> oh, we are so hanging out. I <laughs> we love you. Friends. Yes. <laughs> Tell our listeners where they can find you. On Instagram and on all social media handles, at Tanisha J. Warner. So, again, at Tanisha J. Warner, T-E-N-E-S-H-I-A-J Warner. And then if you want to find information about the book, it's at thebigstretchbook.com. On that particular website, I have different blogs where I'm sharing content. There's something really cool that's inside of the book called a dreamer profile assessment. And to your point, thinking about what journey could be right for you, yeah, there is an assessment that you can actually go and learn what type of dreamer do you identify with. I have five different profiles of different types of dreamers. So you can go there and actually take that assessment for free and get content that at least starts to drive awareness around what path may be right for you. And that's it. I mean, it's like you can do it at any point in your life. Like even if you have a great career and something that you like, there's always things that we want to be doing outside of what we're doing that maybe we feel we don't have time for. I just opened the page to the time audit. And I'm like, that's the show. I did it again. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to be talking I'm like, that's what I need (laughs) is like knowing how to structure my time around bringing in new opportunity. You know, Lisa Price is one of the people that I sent the book to early, and she's also featured. So she's the founder of Carol's Daughter, and she sold her company to L'Oreal. But when she wrote me back, I think she was like maybe in chapter two or three, and she said, oh, I so need this because I'm thinking about what's next for me. Mm. And so on the outside, you would look and think, Lisa, you sold a multi-million dollar company to L'Oreal. What do you mean what's next for you? (laughs) Go to Greece and never come back. (laughs) But the content was just as fresh for her. that's amazing. As a college student that's trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are human beings that are forever evolving. We're not stagnant. So as long as you have the potential to expand and evolve, then the stretch, that material will be real for you. Amazing. Yeah. So Thank you so it. much. We're so excited. Thank you all so much. The book is called The Big Stretch, you guys. 90 days to expand your dreams, crush your goals, and create your own success. Get into it. Get into it. I had a blast. Same. <laughs> we have a quick break to talk about something that feels important. Okay. We are talking about collagen protein, ancient nutrition specifically, and it is Truly the best that I've found. I've had it muscle tested on me. I love it. You're really an explorer in the collagen powder space. I really am because I believe in the power of protein. Yeah. I mean, did you know that skin, hair, nails, connective tissue are all made up from collagen? I did. Generally speaking, Mm -hmm. when you turn 30, your body naturally slows down its production of collagen. A standard modern diet is often lacking in collagen, which is why collagen supplementation is so popular in the wellness and beauty communities, and hence why Ancient Nutrition created multi-collagen protein. Okay, so how is Ancient Nutrition different than other brands? First of all, most other collagen brands come from a single source, which provides only one or two types of collagen, whereas Ancient Nutrition's multi-collagen protein provides from four sources of collagen and features five types of it to help support healthy skin and nails, along with healthy gut and joint health. It comes from hydrolyzed bovine, marine collagen, peptides, chicken bone broth, and eggshell membrane, all from non-GMO, pasture-raised, cage-free, and cruelty-free sources. 
and contains nine grams of protein a scoop. And I know what you're going to say. Completely odorless and flavorless. I was going to say that. Oh, my God. Get out of my head. Read your mind, honey. And here's the thing. I really love playing around in the kitchen in the morning, putting Mm -hmm. together like a coffee bev or a smoothie Mm -hmm. or even oatmeal and pancakes. You can add the collagen to any of those. Ooh. Yeah. I like to put it in my turmeric tonic sometimes because I don't always do my smoothie in the morning, but I still want to get it. So before I go to bed at night, I put it in my little tonic put a little CBD in there and it's like a little... And you can't even tell it's there because it's tasteless and odorless. Except for when you wake up in the morning, you're not crunchy and weirdly sore and tired. You feel nourished. Exactly. So guys, hey, if Ancient Nutrition is tickling your fancy, you can get $10 off right now at ancientnutrition.com. Use promo code retrograde so they know we sent you. Yep. And that's a special offer for just our listeners and a simple way to support our show. Oh, come on. So $10 off. And support your body. Oh yeah. Well, obviously. $10 off at ancientnutrition.com, promo code retrograde. Now back to the show. Uh, Before we get into Roses and Thorns, I want to shout out a little something that is happening next Tuesday. I believe it's the 25th. Wait, I'm so excited for this. I know. It's a long time in the making. So... Our dearest Mikey Dimitrovich, a.k.a. Edible Spirit, a.k.a. Mystic Mike. Mystic Mike. Multi. I don't know why I call, multi, I've never called him that. That's what they call him on Andy Radio. I know, that's I'm, why I like it. so cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he and comedian by the name of Joey Greer. Oh, I've never heard of him. How do we know him? I hear great things about him. He's very talented. He's Is also it? my boyfriend. <laughs> Are you sleeping with him by chance? <laughs> I do. I also live with him. Um, and they have been workshopping this show called Mystic butts <laughs> that is basically Mikey doing live readings for people in the audience and then Joey basically adding levity to it by making fun of it. Mm-hmm. And as Mikey says, doing these readings in public and sharing it with an audience and most importantly, having Joey make fun of it, it all guarantees that none of it is too heavy, too precious, too woo-woo or too bougie. Love. So it's really bringing in both sides of the coin of the depths of Mikey's talent and his ability to really channel, which he is, is such a channel. As you all know from listening to this show, he's so gifted. And then Joey just being silly. Also and a channel in a different way. Exactly. Yeah. So we will be there. It is going to be just a two channeling, channeling people's channel- energies, making jokes, touching tips of their penis. Probably. Yeah. So it's going to be at El Cid in Silver Lake. Tuesday, February 25th. I believe tickets are $10. We're going to have a link in the show notes on our website. Do you see what I'm doing right here? What are you doing? Putting it in my calendar. Oh, fabulous. Will you repeat it again for me and the kids in the back? Sure. February 25th, El Cid Mm -hmm. in the evening. $10. $10. In the evening? 8 p.m. Just show up in the evening. Just show up in the evening. And we'll be there. My parents are going to be there. Stop. It's going to be a real cute moment. Oh, my so God. Wow. Come say hi if you guys are into it. Sick. And a lot of talent all around with that. Can't so, wait. There we go. Okay. What What else? Are, uh, hold on. Let me peel that back stutter for a second. the roses and thorns segment <laughs> of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Can't talk. <laughs> thorns. The stutter that I just developed out of nowhere. What do you want to share with us, Ooh, my well, friend? Well, I actually... I feel like of 2020, each episode has been a deep dive mention into what I Netflix binged over the weekend. So Mm -hmm. we already took care of that. Oh, I watched all of High Fidelity, by the way. Did you like it? I really did like it. That's awesome. I also want to shout out Thomas, who is my brother's client, and he's... (laughs) so hot on that show and such a sweetheart. And I'm just like, it's so cool to see like a young actor that you see really like behind the scenes, like popping like that. I was like, oh my God, that's right. He's a great actor. And also it's so cool because I remember when Zoe was first working on that and we were talking about it with her and to now see it into fruition. And obviously TV shows have so many lives before they make it into the world. It's cool. Like, you know, she's such a cool person. Obviously, like the world knows that, but we know that on like a personal level and you could really tell that she put a lot of herself into the show. Like there's just a cool edge to the character and the style and everything is just very like personal to her. And I think that that's really why it works because she's just like a cool person. Full on. Yeah. And it made me want to connect with music more deeply because that's what the whole show is about. Obviously, just like the movie. Music. So So hot right now. I know. I'm so into it. (laughs) So I recommended watching. Yeah. Okay. I will watch it then. Yeah. Perfect. Love that. Two things. Number one, we've talked at length about digital hygiene, specifically in the morning. 
waking up and going directly into your phone affects for me personally sets my day either into a positive direction or a negative direction. And it really doesn't have anything to do with my psyche as much as as it has to do with the time that I waste going into my phone first thing in the morning. So I tried to the thing of like, don't put it in your room, but then I would have to use it for an alarm and I'd have to use it to wake up. And it was just like, I feel like my relationship to my cell phone is equivalent to that of like a true drug addict. And there's so much discipline and patterning, like undoing of patterning and addiction that needs to go into figuring out how to make the device work for you instead of like you being working for the victim device. of the device. So I did something. I went online and I found it sounds so not revolutionary and obvious when I say it, but I got a digital alarm clock that is equipped with an FM radio as well. So I don't have my phone in my room at all. I don't wake up with my phone and then I don't look at my phone. I don't need to look at it because I know what time it is. I know where I have to be when. So I spend my morning now for the first like at least hour completely not on my phone at all because the thing that I would always look at my phone for was like time. Like I'm always stressed about time. Mm-hmm. And then I like, when I'm in my house cleaning, I like have the radio on and I was like listening to the classical station. Then I had like a little NPR on the other day. And it's just like, I'm just very, very stressed by the grind of society and of like this constantly, my attention constantly feeling it needs to be put on anything besides like what I'm doing in my own home. And I'm just trying to safeguard myself against stress. And I think that removing that initial addictive hit in the morning is the thing that I need to like, what I realized is like I was treating meditation like it was something that I needed to check off my to-do list. I was treating everything that was supposed to be relaxing like I needed to get it done. Getting to a workout, everything was like stressful. And now it sounds so dumb, but just having that one tool has like completely shifted the way that I feel when I wake up in the morning. That doesn't sound dumb at all. I did a similar thing as we talked about previously on the show in December when I bought myself an iPad and I was like, this feels like a very extreme length to go to lessen my technology. But the, what it did was it provided this safe space of technology right. for me where I use it to read articles, read books, online shop and watch TV. There's no calendar. There's yeah. no email. Yeah. There's no social media. Yeah. So I, it's like, I don't feel the pressure of seeing an email come in when I'm trying to relax That's right. or I don't have the distractions of going on a, like a weird social media trail that I didn't intend to go on That's because right. it's just like, I can just enjoy it. And for me, like, I don't want to read anything in the morning. I want to like, let my mind wander. Like think about the idea of treating meditation. Like it's a to-do list item is hilarious. Well, I think that that's such a common feeling that people have around self-care in general. And I just always want to dispute that because it's not for that. It's like the word is self-care. But the deeper that we get into this, the the more that I realize that there is like a level of detachment that needs to take place that is so much more than what I realized. Because you can be doing all of the things like we do, like we have become very adept at taking care of ourselves and being healthy. I think both of us are probably the healthiest that we've ever been aside from when we were like arguably children, which I honestly wasn't very healthy as a child, but like I had like a lot of digestive issues even then. So all that being said and done, there's still this next layer of like, okay, if I'm doing all these self-care things, why then do I still wake up in the morning and feel like I'm behind schedule? And then it turns me into this like cunty monster all day because really I'm just being mean to myself and being judgmental and feeling like I've somehow fucked something up before I even take my foot onto the floor in the morning out of my bed. And it's like the technology I realized was the thing that was like poking and triggering and removing me. My rose, I guess, is that I've been rediscovering my own creativity. And, but in order to do that, I needed to make a lot of space because there's so much stuff that's imposing on that. And I don't want to Say for like, I love showing up for that so retrograde and I love doing this. But when I feel like I'm not making space for myself, then any effort towards anything else feels like a burden because I'm filling my space with stuff I shouldn't be filling it with outside of what I want to be doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's so amazing to have that awareness around it. I've went into this year with such a similar experience. And yeah. I'm like, I want to enjoy yeah. all of, like, I love that I can do online banking. It saves right. me 45 minutes. And it's like all of these things that 
where technology is like this really beautiful thing that can really help enhance our experience in yeah. life. But it's, we also need to check ourselves yeah. because it can have the exact opposite effect. And recalibrating that relationship to tech is so important. And also taking a look at it and analyzing where it's helping you and where it isn't and totally. then making those changes around where it isn't. So I'm really impressed that you did that. Thanks. And I think that's great. And it's such an important example to be setting because it's true. Like I felt like my phone was literally sucking the energy out of me. It is. And I so I needed to change. And I'm you're a dr- we're drug addicts for these right. things. Oh yeah. I'm in recovery. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> Dead. <laughs> in recovery. Dead. Well, everybody, we want to thank Tanisha again so much for joining us. Her book, let's try to do a giveaway. Ooh. Follow So Retrograde mm-hmm. on Instagram for more information on that. Her book is called The Big Stretch, 90 Days to Expand Your Dreams, Crush Your Goals, and Create Your Own Success. Yes. Huge fans of her message. And just her. I want to just She's live the in the light of her beautiful aura. Thank you guys so much. Oh, one more thing before we go. What? The gifts you never knew you needed. Go ahead and type in So Retrograde in any Giphy platform. Pretty cool. And see what comes up. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Pretty aligned considering we're in a retrograde. That's right, guys. Okay, we'll see you guys next week. I'm Elizabeth Cott. And I'm Stephanie Sambari. Bye. Namaste listening. Yes, that's a retrograde.